Tonight's discussion is going to be on the doctrine of Christ in light of King Benjamin and Moroni. And we will start in Omni, chapter you know, 1, verse 26. And now, my beloved brethren, I would that ye should come unto Christ, who is the Holy One of Israel, and partake of his salvation and the power of his redemption, and come unto him, and offer your whole souls as an offering unto him, and continue in fasting and praying, and endure to the end. And as the Lord liveth, ye will be saved. The words of Amalekai, come unto Christ and offer up your whole soul and partake of his salvation. You know, this is the very essence of the doctrine of Christ that leads us to and includes the receiving of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, becoming Christ's sons and daughters. And this is salvation. And from salvation, we go on to exaltation. Now, if we go to the words of Mormon, verses 1 and 2. And now I, Mormon, being about to deliver up the record, which I have been making into the hands of my son Moroni, behold, I have witnessed almost the, almost all the destruction of my people, the Nephites. And it is many hundreds of years after the coming of Christ that I deliver these records into the hands of my son. And it supposeth me that he will witness the entire destruction of my people. But may God grant that he may survive them, that he may write somewhat concerning them, and somewhat concerning Christ, that perhaps someday it may profit them. And in verse 10. Wherefore it came to pass that after Amalekai, had delivered up these plates into the hands of King Benjamin. He took them and put them with the other plates, which contained records, which had been handed down by the kings from generation to generation until the days of King Benjamin. And now in Mosiah chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And moreover, I shall give this people a name, that thereby they may be distinguished above all the people which the Lord God hath brought out of the land of Jerusalem. And this I do because they have been diligent. They have been a diligent people in keeping the commandments of the Lord. And I give unto them a name that never shall be blotted out, except it be through transgression. Well, what King Benjamin is talking about here is... The name of Jesus Christ, which is extended to a man, a woman, or a people at the time they fully enter into the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we're about to find out that King Benjamin calls his people together because he was visited by an angel. And the angel declared unto him the doctrine of Christ. And just like Lehi coming to the tree and partaking of the fruit, 
and desiring that his family might also partake. So when King Benjamin was taught the doctrine of Christ in its fullness and received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and had restored to him the apostolic order of the Melchizedek priesthood, he also desired that his people, you know, as commanded by the angel, might be taught the doctrine of Christ and might also receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And may I submit to you that King Benjamin was the restorer of a dispensation, meaning that he had restored to him the apostolic order of the Melchizedek priesthood, that he might perform the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that the heavens might be opened, that it might be possible for his people to enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and thus become Christ's sons and his daughters. Now, in Mosiah 1, verse 18. And now it came to pass that Mosiah went and did as his father had commanded him, and proclaimed unto the people who were in the land Zarahemla, that thereby they might gather themselves together to go up to the temple to hear the words which his father should speak unto them. Now, there is a significance in gathering the people to the temple because Christ offering his name to a people or a man or woman through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is an endowment of power. In fact, it's the very thing that in the LDS endowment ceremony is represented by the washing and the anointing. The washing is symbolic of that baptism of fire that accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the anointing with oil, which always symbolizes the Holy Ghost, is symbolic of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And again, in Mosiah 2, verse 1, And it came to pass that after Mosiah had done as his father had commanded him, and had made a proclamation throughout all the land that the people gathered themselves together throughout all the land that they might go up to the temple. And again, the temple is significant because what the Lord has in store for them is an endowment of power whereby they might become sons and daughters of Christ. Or in other words, in Mosiah Chapter 1, verse 11, and moreover, I shall give this people a name. And how does he give this people a name? Because King Benjamin has been ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. Thereby the heavens have been opened and the opportunity is extended to his people. Once they learn the doctrine of Christ and enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, they have the opportunity to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thus be given Christ's name that they might take it upon them. That thereby they may be distinguished above all the people which the Lord God hath brought out of the land of Jerusalem. And this I do because they have been diligent people in keeping the commandments of the Lord. 
and I give unto them a name that shall never be blotted out except it be through transgression. So once a man or woman or people receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, they become sons and daughters of Christ. And they remain in this saved condition until through transgression, they remove themselves from the new covenant and thus withdraw themselves from having Christ's name upon them. Now, in chapter 2, verse 7 of Mosiah, for the multitude being so great that King Benjamin could not teach them all within the walls of the temple. So, you know, King Benjamin literally had the intent to teach his people about an endowment from the Lord. Therefore, he caused a tower to be erected, that thereby his people might hear the words which he should speak unto them. Now, to put this in context about the people being able to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the requirement for King Benjamin to have been ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, uh, which most likely happened by the angel who visited him and taught to him the doctrine of Christ and gave him the commandment that he needed to go forth and teach this to his people, and that if he would do so, that they also would receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let's turn to DNC 84. And in DNC 84, verse 19, And this greater priesthood administereth the gospel, and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Now this greater priesthood, meaning the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, as differentiated from the first two orders of Aaronic priesthood, namely the Levitical and Aaronic orders of the priesthood. So this first order of Melchizedek priesthood, or the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Well, how does the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood administer the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, it has the power and authority to perform both the ordinance of baptism of water into the terrestrial order of the gospel or the church of Christ and to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now let's quickly cross-reference to DNC 76. And in DNC 76, verse 52, we read, that by keeping the commandments, they might be washed and cleansed from all their sins and receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed to this power. DNC 76 verse 52 uh, describes the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it states that it must be performed by he who is both ordained and sealed to this order of the priesthood. So, you know, we also find out that there are two parts to every priesthood. 
The first part is the ordination, where one receives authority. And then only after a man proves himself true and faithful, after being ordained and receiving authority, then is that priesthood sealed upon him. And that priesthood must be sealed upon him by Christ. And then he receives power in that priesthood. And when a man has been ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, is able to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, this ordinance can be performed by a man either on this side of the veil or the other. But one of the requirements is that the heavens be opened and that a dispensation be opened whereby a man has been both ordained and sealed to this order of the priesthood so that men and women can again receive the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, whether it be by a man on this side of the veil or the other. And this is one of the reasons that it was so essential for the gospel to be restored through Joseph Smith. For once the orders of the gospel that had been restored by Jesus Christ, um, both during his mortal ministry and after his resurrection, as he visited the different peoples, um, when, when that priesthood authority was restored back then, uh, just as recorded in 3 Nephi 18 and 19, it began to be possible for men and women to again receive the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And this is also recorded among the people in Jerusalem um, and among the Gentiles. Um, who also received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, after Christ's resurrection, as recorded in the first several chapters of Acts. Now, back to DNC 84. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. Well, it's primarily manifest through this ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost where a man or a woman is literally born again and has the Gentile blood burned out of them and is born again um, part of Israel and a son or daughter of Christ. They have the grosser matter in them burned out and replaced with light, which is that sanctification that prepares them to at a future day when they have overcome by faith to enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, or in other words, to enter into the rest of the Lord. They also then ascend to that level where they qualify um, during the end times for one of the 144,000 to begin working with them and help them ascend one more spiritual level to the church of the firstborn level, or in other words, to enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Now verse 21, and without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. Well, you know, that power of godliness manifest unto men in the flesh is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and baptism by water into the terrestrial order. 
and where there is not a man found on the earth who has been ordained and sealed to this order of the priesthood, the ordinance of baptism by water into the terrestrial order, and the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, cannot be obtained. So, if we go back to Mosiah chapter 2, um, and we'll start in verse 9. And because this is leading up to King Benjamin's people receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we know that King Benjamin must have been ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. Most likely, um, this was involved in his meeting with the angel. Mosiah 2, verse 9. And these are the words which he spake, and caused to be written, saying, My brethren, all ye that have assembled yourselves together, and that can hear the words which I shall speak unto you this day. For I have not commanded you to come up hither to trifle with the words which I shall speak, but that you should hearken unto me, and open your ears that you may hear, and your hearts that you may understand, and your minds the mysteries of God may be unfolded to your view. Or in other words, he is admonishing his people to get into a state where they can seek after, receive, and act on revelation. For this is what is meant by exercising faith. This is what is talked about in Second Nephi chapter 31 where Nephi, in giving a commentary on Lehi's Tree of Life vision, tells us what is required to come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit, that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thereby enter into that gate um, by which we are then on that straight and narrow path that leads to the tree that we might partake of the fruit. So in 2 Nephi 31, at the end, or halfway through verse 19, Behold, I say unto you, nay, for ye have not come thus far, meaning to the gate of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Well, in order to prepare the people to come unto Christ with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save, first, they have to be in a state which they can hear with their ears, the word and voice of God, understand with their hearts the word and voice of God and open their minds that he might reveal the mysteries of godliness to him. Now, a similar thing um, takes place among the Nephites when Christ comes. In 3 Nephi chapter 11, 
verse 3. And it came to pass that while they were thus conversing one with another, they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven. And they cast their eyes round about, for they understood not the voice which they heard. And it was not a harsh voice, neither was it a loud voice. Nevertheless, and notwithstanding, it being a small voice, it did pierce them that did hear to the sender, insomuch that there was no part of their frame that it did not cause to quake. And it did pierce them to the very soul, and it caused their hearts to burn. So what is being described right here is the Father introducing his Son, Jesus Christ. And it initiates within the Nephites, who were righteous. That's why they survived the destructions. They had already entered into uh, a covenant with God. They had repented of their sins, coming into the celestial preparatory gospel in preparation to receive the fullness of the gospel, which Christ was about to reveal and to restore to them. So they were experiencing a baptism of fire. Now, not yet the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, but preparatory to that, a baptism of fire, that they might become sanctified. And as part of this baptism of fire, there was a message attached. But they couldn't receive the message associated with this baptism of fire until they opened their ears to hear and their heart to understand. And so the sanctification was only half the purpose of this baptism of fire. The other half of the purpose of this baptism of fire to the Nephites was the information that was contained along with the sanctification. In verse 4, and it came to pass that again they heard the voice and they understood it not. Well, they've now opened their ears to hear, but they haven't yet opened their hearts to understand. And again, the third time they did hear the voice and it opened their ears to hear it. And their eyes were toward the sound thereof. And they did look steadfastly toward heaven from whence the sound came. And behold, the third time they did understand the voice which they heard. And it said unto them, behold, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name, hear ye him. And it was just as crucial. And just as important for King Benjamin's people to open their ears to hear and their hearts to understand the voice of the Spirit, that they might be instructed by the Spirit and prepared to enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that they might receive the baptism of fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, in 3 Nephi chapter 9, you know, Christ tells us, the requirement to become his sons and his daughters, which both King Benjamin and Moroni are going to go into great deal on. But in 3 Nephi 9 verse 17, And as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God. And even so will I to as many as shall believe on my name. For behold, by me redemption cometh, and in me is the law of Moses fulfilled. So Christ is about to tell us precisely how we receive him. And when we follow his instruction about how he tells us to receive him, then we can progress from our being willing to take upon us his name 
to Christ actually pleading our case with the Father and gaining permission from the Father to adopt us as his sons and his daughters. And when that permission is granted, he then will extend his name to us, that we might not only be willing to take upon ourselves his name as we covenant when we partake of the sacrament, but in actuality take his name upon us and thereby become his sons and his daughters. Verse 20, and ye shall offer for sacrifice unto me. Now this sacrifice is our part of the new and everlasting covenant, a broken heart and contrite spirit. And ye shall offer for sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. That's our part. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And that's Christ's part of the new and everlasting covenant. So back to Mosiah chapter 2. So again in verse 9. These are the words which he spake and caused to be written, saying, My brethren, all ye that have assembled yourselves together, ye that can hear my words, which I shall speak unto you this day, for I have not commanded you to come up hither to trifle with the words which I shall speak, but that you should hearken unto me and open your ears that ye may hear and your hearts that ye may understand and your minds that the mysteries of God may be unfolded to your view. Exactly what the Nephites had to do in third Nephi chapter 11 to receive the words of the father as he was introducing the coming of his son to them. Now, if we go to verses 16 through 18, behold, I send to you that because I said unto you that I had spent many days in your service, I do not desire to boast for I have only been in the service of God. And behold, I tell you these things that ye may learn wisdom, that ye may learn that when ye are in the service of your fellow beings, ye are only in the service of your God. Behold, Ye have called me your king, and if I, whom ye call your king, do labor to serve you, then ought not ye to labor to serve one another. So, becoming a servant is also part of offering up a broken heart and contrite spirit. And once we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. We are called with a holy calling. And that holy calling is to become a servant to our brothers and sisters, to minister to them, and to invite them to come and to partake as we have partaken, to take Christ's name upon them as it has been extended to us, and as if we have taken Christ's name upon us, um, to invite them to offer up their broken heart and contrite spirit, that they also might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. So we need to be cognizant that the path of ascension and taking Christ's name upon us comes with a responsibility and 
if we do not fulfill the measure of that responsibility which we are given, then the blood and sins of the people that might have entered into the new covenant and received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that they might have become cleansed from all their sins. Their blood rests upon our shoulders. And so this is not a light thing to enter into discipleship with Jesus Christ. And as we covenant with him, there is much that is expected from us. And verses 19 and 20. And behold also, if I whom ye call your king, who has spent his days in your service, and has been in the service of God to merit any thanks from you, oh, how you ought to thank your heavenly king. So King Benjamin wasn't trying to point people to him. His only desire and his mission was not to point people to him, but to point people to Christ. And all true servants of God don't seek to point people to them. They seek to point people to Christ. And as we enter into this covenant, as we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we are then to go out and proclaim the doctrine of Christ to others that they also might receive. Not that we might point people to us, but that we might point people to Christ. In verse 20, And I say unto you, my brethren, that if you should render all the thanks and praise which your whole soul has power to possess to that God who has created you and has kept and preserved you and has caused that ye should rejoice and has granted that ye should live in peace one with another. I say unto you that if you should serve him who has created you from the beginning and is preserving you from day to day by lending you breath, that ye may live and move and do according to your own will and even supporting you from one moment to another. I say, if ye should serve him with all your whole souls, yet ye would be unprofitable servants. So, you know, sometimes we enter into a spirit of spiritual entitlement, where we believe that because of something that we have done, that God owes us something, that because of sacrifices that we have already made, that he owes us certain experiences. Um, you know, even the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and after that, you know, perhaps the second comforter. And this is a folly, and this is a mistake, because Christ never owes us anything. It is us who are always in his debt. And as King Benjamin says, if we should serve him who has created us from the beginning and is preserving us from day to day and lending us breath, that we may live and move and do according to our own will, even supporting us from one moment to another. I say, if you should serve him with all your whole souls, 
yet ye would be unprofitable servants. Verse 22, and behold, all that he requires of you is to keep his commandments. And he has promised that if you would keep his commandments, you should prosper in the land. And he never doth vary from that which he has said. Therefore, if you do keep his commandments, he doth bless you and prosper you. So, as soon as we obey one of his commandments, whatever he has required of us, whatever sacrifice we have made, immediately he blesses us. And we have been paid in full for anything that we may have done. And we stand immediately again in his debt. So, you know, we must cast far from us any sense of spiritual entitlement and be fully willing to wear out our life in his service without the expectation that he owes us anything. But knowing that he will bless us and that he will be with us and he will not leave us comfortless. Now, in verse 35, and also all that has been spoken of by our fathers until now, and behold, also they spake that which was commanded them of the Lord, therefore they are just and true. All right, several times throughout King Benjamin's address, he talks about those who are just and true. And to come to an understanding about what it means to be just and true. Let's go to DNC 76. And in DNC 76, verse 53 and 54. Now, verse 53 is what comes after verse 52, which is the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. Just and true is an ascension level. And they are they who are the church of the firstborn. So, after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, those who overcome by faith are brought into Christ's presence in the seventh heaven. And there in the seventh heaven, Christ seals upon them their calling and election and makes it sure. And that is what is meant in verse 53 when it says, and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. Those who are just and true have come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory and have had Christ, or the Holy Spirit of promise, seal upon them the callings and elections. So when we go back to Mosiah chapter 2, and at the end of verse 35, when King Benjamin call those who have come before him, um, that he refers to as 
the fathers who have testified of Christ and of the doctrine of Christ. He declares that they are just and true, which also means that, you know, those who came before them, starting with Lehi and Nephi, not only did they teach and declare the doctrine of Christ, but they also entered into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit themselves received the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and also continued to feast upon the words of Christ, which taught them all things that they must do to enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory, and have their calling and elections sealed upon them by Christ in the seventh heaven. Now, in Mosiah 2, verse 36 through 39. Now I say unto you, my brethren, that after ye have known and have been taught all these things, or once you have had the doctrine of Christ declared unto you in power and in authority, if you should transgress and go contrary to that which has been spoken, that ye do withdraw yourselves from the Spirit of the Lord, that it may have no place in you to guide you in wisdom's path, that ye may be blessed and prospered and preserved. I say unto you that the man that doeth this, the same cometh out in open rebellion against God. Therefore he listeth to obey the evil spirit and becometh an enemy to all righteousness. Therefore the Lord has no place in him, for he dwelleth not in unholy temples. Now this actually gives us greater insight to our discussion last night of the separation in the end times of the wheat and the tares among the Latter-day Saints. And those to whom the doctrine of Christ is declared and they receive it with gladness, um, they are those who are termed wheat. They are they who are gathered out and separated from the tares and are led out on that end-time exodus. And it's the tares who reject the doctrine of Christ who say we have received the word of God and we need no more the word of God for we have enough. For even though they may be good, and in the parable of the ten virgins, even though they may be a foolish virgin which is a very good person, yet they have not taken the Holy Spirit as their guide, and so they're foolish. And the foolish virgins, even though they're good, are put into the category of the terrors who do not make it. And so it's not enough just to be good. One must both be good and wise. And to be wise is to take the Holy Spirit as our guide. And if we take the Holy Spirit as our guide, once we become aware of the doctrine of Christ, the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, we receive it with gladness. 
and we offer up our broken hearts and contrite spirits. And by the time of that final separation between the wheat and the tares among the Latter-day Saints, those who will not. Verse 37. I say unto you, that man that doeth this, the same cometh out in open rebellion against God. Therefore he listeth to obey the evil spirit and becometh an enemy to all righteousness. Therefore the Lord has no place in him, for he dwelleth not in unholy temples. Verse 38. Therefore if that man repenteth not, and remaineth and dieth an enemy to God, and that dying an enemy to God is hastened, uh, or will be hastened in the times in which we are now living, when that separation between the wheat and the tares takes place, because the tares don't make it. And remaineth and dieth an enemy to God, the demands of divine justice to awaken his immortal soul to a lively sense of his own guilt, which does cause him to shrink from the presence of the Lord and to fill his breast with guilt and pain and anguish, which is like an unquenchable fire, whose flame ascendeth up forever and ever. And now I say unto you that mercy hath no claim on that man. Therefore, his final doom is to endure a never-ending torment. And that is why it is incumbent on us who have been warned to warn our neighbor that they might be awakened from their deep slumber, that they might not suffer this never-ending torment, which, as we read in the Doctrine of Covenants, is not that the torment never ends, but never-ending torment and everlasting punishment is God's punishment. Um, how severe we know not, how bitter we know not. Now, if we go to Mosiah 2, verse 41, and moreover, I would desire that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, both temporal and spiritual. So, in other words, while there will be those who reject the doctrine of Christ, those who receive it with gladness, not only to say, but also to do, enter into that blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, both temporal and spiritual. And if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven, that thereby they may dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. Oh, remember, remember that these things are true, for the Lord God hath spoken it. Mosiah 3, verses 2 and 3. And the things which I shall tell you are made known unto me by an angel from God. 
And he said unto me, Awake. And I awoke. And behold, he stood before me. And he said unto me, Awake. And hear the words which I shall tell thee. For behold, I am come to declare unto you the glad tidings and great joy. Now, if we go to Moroni, chapter 7, we learn some more about angels appearing to men and about why angels appear to men and the type of messages that are delivered by angels to men. For behold, God knowing all things, being from everlasting to everlasting, behold, he sent angels to minister unto the children of men to make manifest concerning the coming of Christ. And in Christ there should come every good thing. Now, this phrase, every good thing, is going to be used over and over again by Moroni. Now, this phrase, every good thing, we're going to find out is synonymous with entering into the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And the how we receive every good thing, which culminates with the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and Christ adopting us as his sons and his daughters, is through that covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And, you know, one of the preeminent reasons that Christ sends angels to commune with men and to minister to men is that the doctrine of Christ might be revealed and even restored. And, you know, with that power and authority in the apostolic order of the Melchizedek priesthood, that one might receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, this is the reason that King Benjamin was visited by an angel so that he could have the fullness of the doctrine of Christ declared unto him, that he might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that he might also be able to declare the doctrine of Christ, that his people might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that he might have the fullness of the priesthood restored to him, that the heavens might be opened, that this might be possible. And verse 23, and God also declared unto prophets by his own mouth that Christ should come. So the voice of the Spirit, you know, comes and declares and testifies of Jesus Christ. Angels come, and once angels come and restore proper priesthood authority and the knowledge of the new covenant, and Men who are called of God receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then enter into his presence, which presence is the fullness of his glory, and receive their calling and election, and then are taught directly by Christ. Um, this is the doctrine of Christ. 
Now, if we cross-reference this with 2 Nephi 32. So, 2 Nephi 32, verse 1. Nephi um, declares, well, you might wonder what you should do after you receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, or enter in by the way onto that path which leads to the tree. And he tells us that then we should feast upon the words of Christ. For the words of Christ would tell us all things what we should do to get to the tree and to partake of the fruit. Verse 6, behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. And when he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh, the things which he shall say unto you shall he observe to do. So this is exactly what Moroni is talking about in Moroni 7. In verse 23, and in addition to angels appearing unto men, restoring the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood and the doctrine of Christ, when that new covenant is entered into, and after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, when uh, those men who are called feast upon the words of Christ and are instructed in all things that they must do to enter into the rest of the Lord and do, in fact, enter into the rest of the Lord, then uh, God himself, or Jesus Christ, declares unto those men and calls some as prophets. Um, and before Christ come came, declares that Christ would come. And that the way to, that all men might enter into his presence, just as they had done, is through the doctrine of Christ. Now, Moroni 7, verse 27 and 28. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, have miracles ceased because Christ has ascended into heaven? And has sat down on the right hand of God to claim of the Father his rights of mercy, which he hath upon the children of men. So it is because Christ came to this earth and lived a perfect life and gave us a perfect example of what we should do and then suffered himself to be smitten and tortured and to be slain and to die and to be resurrected. Because of Christ's atonement, he gained the power of at one moment. At one moment with the Father and the power to extend his hand to us and to lift us up to where he is. And that comes through the doctrine of Christ, through entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, becoming his sons and his daughters. And as we enter into that new covenant, Christ pleads our case before the Father that he might adopt us as his sons and his daughters. And he gained that power through his atonement. So again, in verse 27, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, have miracles ceased, because Christ hath ascended into heaven, and hath sat down on the right hand of God, 
to claim of the Father his rights of mercy. Now, Christ claiming from the Father his rights of mercy, which he hath upon the children of men, is the power that he gained to adopt us as his sons and daughters, to extend his hand to us, to lift us up to where he is, that we might have at one month with him and become one with Christ and one with the Father. And verse 28, For he hath answered the ends of the law, and he claimeth all those who have faith in him, and they who have faith in him will cleave unto every good thing, Wherefore he advocateth the cause of the children of men, and he dwelleth eternally in the heavens. Now, an example of Christ pleading the case of his people to the Father, that he might adopt them as his sons and his daughters, that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we find in Third Nephi chapter 19. And in Third Nephi chapter 19, Christ's 12 disciples, whom he had chosen, although they had labored for years, even before Christ came, crying repentance and baptizing with water into the preparatory gospel, yet they hadn't yet received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And after Christ comes and restores the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood to them and seals that priesthood upon them, and the heavens are again opened, At that point, the thing that they desire more than anything else in the entire world is that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 9 in 3 Nephi 19. And they did pray for that which they most desired. And they desired that the Holy Ghost should be given unto them. And when they had thus prayed, they went down into the water's edge, and the multitude followed them. And verse 13. And it came to pass that when they were all baptized, and it come up out of the water, the Holy Ghost did fall upon them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And behold, they were encircled about as if it were with fire. And he came down from heaven, and the multitude did witness it. And did bear record that angels did come down out of heaven and minister unto them. And it came to pass that while the angels were ministering unto the disciples, behold, Jesus came and stood in the midst and ministered unto them. And verse 19, so significant an event was the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost of the 12 whom Christ had chosen, that not only did Christ come and minister to them, but he separated himself from them. And having already pled the case for the 12 with the Father and received permission to adopt them as his sons. Um, He poured out his soul in gratitude to the Father that he had permitted the Twelve to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thereby become his sons. And he pleaded with the Father that all those that who would believe in him, because of the words of the Twelve, might also receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thereby also become his sons and his daughters. Verse 19, And it came to pass that Jesus departed out of the midst of them, and went a little way off from them, and bowed himself to the earth, and said, Father, 
I thank thee that thou hast given the Holy Ghost unto these whom I have chosen. And it is because of their belief in me that I have chosen them out of the world. Father, I pray thee that thou will give the Holy Ghost unto them that shall believe in their words. Father, thou hast given them the Holy Ghost because they believe in me. And thou seest they believe in me because thou hearest them. And they pray unto me. And they pray unto me because I am with them. And now, Father, I pray unto thee for them. And also for those who shall believe on their words, that they may believe in me, that I may be in them as thou, Father, art in me, that we may be one. And verse 29. Actually, let's start in verse 27. And he turned from them again and went a little way off and bowed himself to the earth. And he prayed again unto the Father, saying, Father, I thank thee that thou hast purified those whom I have chosen because of their faith. And I pray for them and also for them who shall believe on their words that they may be purified in me through faith on their words, even as they are purified in me. Father, I pray not for the world. And these are the same words which Christ poured out as he was literally put in that olive press in the Garden of Gethsemane and literally was crushed to death for us. When he said in verse 29, Father, I pray not for the world, but I pray for those whom thou hast given me out of the world because of their faith, that they may be purified in me, that I may be in them as thou, Father, art in me, that we may be one, that I may be glorified in them. So back to Moroni 7, verse 34. And he has said, repent all ye ends of the earth and come to me and be baptized in my name and have faith in me that ye may be saved. Now, if we go to DNC 22 verses one through four. So the chapter summary starts or the section summary starts with baptism is a new and everlasting covenant. Authoritative baptism is required. Behold, I say unto you that all old covenants have I caused to be done away in this thing. And this is a new and an everlasting covenant, even that which was from the beginning. Wherefore, although a man should be baptized a hundred times, it availeth him nothing. For he cannot enter into the straight gate by the law of Moses, neither by your dead works. For it is because of your dead works that I have caused this last covenant and this church to be built up unto me, even as in the days of old. Wherefore, enter ye in at the gate, as I have commanded, and seek not to counsel your God. Amen. So, the baptismal covenant into the terrestrial order of the gospel comes through the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Baptism by water into this order of the gospel is accomplished by one who has been ordained to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. And then the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is the entering into or through the gate. 
that puts one on that path that leads to the tree, which must be performed by one who has been ordained and sealed to this order of the priesthood. And this is the new and everlasting covenant. And the new and everlasting covenant is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It never changes. As we read in Moses 6, the new and everlasting covenant was the same in the days of Adam as it was in the days um, of the Book of Mormon prophets, as it was in the days of of the mortal ministry of Jesus Christ and ever has been since and was restored to Joseph Smith. And it is the same today. The new and everlasting covenant is the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might become the sons and daughters of Christ through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And Moroni 7.26. And after that he came, men also were saved by faith in his name. And by faith they became the sons of God. Well, how did they become the sons of God? Through faith? Through the new covenant of a broken heart, contrite spirit. Through opening their ears to hear, their hearts to understand. And their minds that the mysteries of God may be unfolded to their view, not only to hear, but also to do whatever the Lord would command them. And thus they exercise faith sufficient to enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thus become Christ's sons and his daughters. Continuing verse 26. And by faith, they become the sons of God. And as surely as Christ liveth, he spake these words unto our father, saying, Whatsoever thing ye shall ask the father in my name, which is good in faith, believing that ye shall receive, behold, it shall be done unto you. Again, this has direct reference to when the heavens became again open. What was the thing that Christ's 12 disciples desired more than anything else that they might receive? It was the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, so that through the power of faith, by the new sacrifice of a broken heart and contract spirit, they knocked and it was opened unto them, even to become the sons of God through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, in verse 27, my beloved brother, have miracles ceased, because Christ hath ascended into heaven, and hath sat down on the right hand of God, to claim of the Father his rights of mercy, which he hath upon the children of man. So, as we read in 3 Nephi 19, that through Christ's suffering, through the price he paid, through his suffering, death, and resurrection, he gained the power to adopt us as his sons and his daughters and extend his end to us, 
lift us up to where he is, that we might become one with him and one with the Father. Verse 28, for he hath answered the ends of the law, and he claimeth all those who have faith in him. And they who have faith in him will cleave unto every good thing. And again, this this phrase will cling unto every good thing is the process and the result of what happens through the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which ultimately results in becoming Christ's sons and his daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore he advocateth the cause of the children of men, and he dwelleth eternally in the heaven. What we read about in 3 Nephi 19, Christ pleading and advocating our cause before Father, that he might break the bands that Satan has laid claim to us with and adopt us as his sons and his daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 31. Now, the office of their ministry, meaning the office of the ministry of angels to men. And this includes the ministry of the angel that appeared to King Benjamin. Now, the office of their ministry is to call men unto repentance and to fulfill and to do the work of the covenants of the Father. Well, the work of the covenants are of the Father are to gather in his people that they may become sons and daughters of Christ through the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that they might be gathered together, that Zion might be established, that the earth might be prepared for Christ coming in his glory, which he hath made unto the children of men to prepare the way among the children of men by declaring the word of Christ unto the chosen vessels of the Lord, that they may bear testimony of him. So, King Benjamin is an example of a chosen vessel of the Lord to whom an angel appeared and restored to him the doctrine of Christ and priesthood authority. Thereby, he was then uh, chosen and given a mission to go forth and declare exactly as was declared to him the doctrine of Christ. So, just as the 12 disciples, after Christ declared to them in 3 Nephi 19, the doctrine of Christ, they went forth and they taught the people the exact words which Christ had taught to them. You know, this is the pattern. In verse 32, And by so doing, the Lord God prepareth the way that the residue of men may have faith in Christ. So, You know, not everybody is prepared to receive angels. However, everybody may become prepared to receive angels. And so those who are prepared to receive angels, receive them. To them is taught the doctrine of Christ. To them is given power and authority to declare the doctrine of Christ by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. Um, and to perform those ordinances whereby all 
who will receive the doctrine of Christ may also enter in by the same gates, that eventually they might also enter into the rest of the world. That the residue of men may have faith in Christ, that the Holy Ghost may have place in their hearts, or through learning and receiving the doctrine of Christ, they might receive the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. According to the power thereof, the power thereof, the power and authority of the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, which has to be restored so that the heavens may be opened. And after this manner, bring it to pass the father the covenants which he hath made unto the children of men. Now in verse 34, and Christ hath said, repent all ye ends of the earth and come unto me and be baptized. Just as we read in uh, DNC chapter 22, the baptism is the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is the ultimate goal of the baptismal covenant. That a man or woman might become the son or daughter of Christ. And be baptized in my name and have faith in me that ye may be saved. For entering into this covenant, receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is entering into the terrestrial order, and this is salvation. And salvation prepares a man or a woman for exaltation. And the Book of Mormon focuses primarily on salvation. Um, at least the portion of the Book of Mormon that we have given to us now, or the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon deals primarily with exaltation and coming into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory, and then what happens next. Now, in verse verses 43 and 44 in Moroni 7, And again, behold, I say unto you that ye cannot have faith and hope, save ye shall be meek, and lowly in heart. Well, being meek and lowly in heart is the same thing as having a broken heart and contrite spirit. So in other words, we cannot exercise faith and hope, which is seeking after receiving and acting on revelation and having belief and trust in Christ. We can say the words but we can't actually exercise that power without a broken heart and contrite spirit. Literally, a broken heart and contrite spirit gives us the power to exercise faith and hope in Christ. And without this sacrifice, it is impossible for a man or woman to exercise faith and hope in Jesus Christ. Verse 44, if so, his faith and hope is vain. For none is acceptable before God, save the meek and lowly in heart. Or save he 
that offers up a broken heart and contrite spirit, save he that enters into this new sacrifice. And if a man be meek and lowly in heart, or offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit, and confess by the power of the Holy Ghost that Jesus is the Christ, he must needs have charity. Or if he have not charity, he is nothing. Wherefore, he must needs have charity. Charity is a spiritual gift from God. And Moroni is going to instruct us about how exactly to acquire charity. And charity is an essential element of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And we must receive this spiritual gift so that we may receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and fully enter into this covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Verse 46. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, if ye have not charity, ye are nothing. For charity never faileth. Wherefore, cleave unto charity which is the greatest of all, for all things must fail. But charity is the pure love of Christ. Or in other words, it's the pure love for Christ. And it endureth forever. And as we are endowed with that pure love for Christ, He also endows us with that love which he has for his sons and his daughters, our brothers and our sisters, and those who may become such. Verse 47, but charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever. And whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it shall be well with him. Now, as we enter into this covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, it literally enables Christ to change our hearts and to change our very being. And as we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, to in earnest continue that process, of changing us into his image. That when we see him, we will know him because we will be like him. Because he will have made us like him. And the greatest way that he can make us like him is to help us feel after our brothers and sisters as he feels after them. Verse 48. Wherefore, my beloved brother, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart. And again, this is a major key to understanding what it is to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit that we may receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart that ye may be filled with this love which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ. 
that ye may become the sons of God. So, this is a prerequisite to entering into, to fully entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, to being able to make that sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. That when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That we may have this hope, that we may be purified, even as he is pure. Now, if we go back to Mosiah 3. And Mosiah 3, verses 2 through 4. Now, this is King Benjamin speaking. And the things which I shall tell you are made known unto me by an angel from God. And we just learned from Moroni that angels appear to men so that they can restore priesthood authority to the earth, that a man might be ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, that the heavens may be opened that he might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then that he might become an instrument or a servant of the Lord unto the declaring to others the doctrine of Christ, that they in likewise may become sons and daughters of Christ through entering into this covenant and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he said unto me, the angel said unto King Benjamin, Awake, and I awoke. And behold, he stood before me. And he said unto me, Awake and hear the words which I shall tell thee. For behold, I am come to declare unto you glad tidings of great joy. For the Lord hath heard thy prayers, and hath judged thy righteousness, and hath sent me to declare unto thee that thou mayest rejoice, that thou mayest declare unto thy people, that they also may be filled with joy. So because of the pleadings of King Benjamin to the Lord, the Lord sent an angel to visit him to restore priesthood authority, that he might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that joy which only comes with becoming a son of God, that he might offer this joy to his people, that he might be able to offer them the name of Christ, that they might be able to take it upon them because it was revealed to him by the angel that his people, once they had been taught, that they would receive it and would be prepared to receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, verses 5 through 10. For behold, the time cometh, and is not far distant, that with power the Lord omnipotent, who reigneth, and who had, and who was, and who is from all eternity to all eternity, shall come down from heaven among the children of men, and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay, and shall go forth amongst men, working mighty miracles, such as healing the sick, raising the dead, causing the lame to walk, the blind to receive their sight, and the deaf to hear, and curing all manner of diseases. And he shall cast out devils, 
or evil spirits which dwell in the hearts of the children of men. And lo, he shall suffer temptations and pain of body, hunger, thirst, fatigue, even more than man can suffer, except it be unto death. For behold, blood cometh from every pore. So great shall be his anguish for the wickedness and abominations of his people. And he shall be called Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth, the creator of all things from the beginning. And his mother shall be called Mary. And lo, he cometh unto his own, that salvation might come unto the children of men, even through faith on his name. Even after all this, they shall consider him a man, and shall say that he hath a devil, and shall scourge him, and shall crucify him. And he shall rise the third day from the dead. And behold, he standeth to judge the world. And behold, all these things are done that a righteous judgment might come upon the children of men. And now, verses 17 through 19. And moreover, I say unto you, that there shall be no other name given, nor any other way, nor means whereby salvation can come unto the children of men, only in and through the name of Christ, the Lord omnipotent. For behold, he judgeth, and his judgment is just. And the infant perisheth not that dieth in his infancy. But men drink damnation to their own souls, except they humble themselves and become as little children. And again, this humbling ourselves and becoming as a little child is to offer the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if we do not... We drink damnation to our souls and believe that salvation was and is and is to come in and through the atoning blood of Christ, the Lord omnipotent. For the natural man is an enemy to God. And one of the things that happens with the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is that a large percentage of the natural man or natural woman in us dies. As we're born again, sons and daughters of Christ. The natural man is an enemy to God and has been from the fall of Adam and will be forever and ever unless he yields to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint to the atonement of Christ, the Lord, and becometh as a child submissive, meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him, even as a child does submit to his father. Now, this is what it is to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit. And everyone who is to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, must Yield to the enticings of the Holy Spirit and putteth off the natural man and becometh a saint. And we become a saint with the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Through the atonement of Christ the Lord. And to become that saint and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Again, we must become as a child. 
or offer up a brokenhearted contrite spirit. And part of what that means is to be completely submissive or to completely subject our will to the will of the Father. To be meek, humble, patient, full of love, willing to submit to all things which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon him. And we need to know and understand that as we enter into this new covenant, our broken heart and contrite spirit, the Lord wants to know if we are only saying the words or if we are also willing to not only to hear and to say, but also to do. And so therefore, the Lord will see fit to inflict upon us all manner of things to see if we will submit to Father, even as a child submits to his father. Do we do we only say that we offer up our broken heart and contrite spirit, or have we actually come to the point where we will submit our will to his? That we are truly meek and humble and patient and full of love and willing to submit to all things that the Lord seeth fit, fit to inflict upon us, even as his child doth submit to his father. Mosiah 4, verses 6 through 12. I say unto you, if ye have come to a knowledge of the goodness of God, and his matchless power, and his wisdom, and his patience, and his long suffering toward the children of men, and also the atonement which has been prepared from the foundation of the world, that thereby salvation might come to him that should put his trust in the Lord, and should be diligent in keeping his commandments, and continue in the faith even unto the end of his life. I mean the life of the mortal body. I say that this is the man who receiveth salvation. So, Verse 6, you know, are also terms of the new and everlasting covenant. And, you know, once we, you know, fully enter into this covenant, and the full terms of this covenant must be received by revelation. But King Benjamin is giving us some of the categories and some of the requirements and some of the general descriptions of what it means to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit. Um, and again, as we enter into this covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, through that covenant, even before the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, God begins to reveal to us the terms of the covenant. And he reveals to us a knowledge of the goodness of God and his matchless power and his wisdom and his patience and his long suffering toward the children of men. 
and also the atonement, which has been prepared from the foundation of the world, that thereby salvation might come unto him that should put his trust in the Lord and should be diligent in keeping his commandments and continue in faith even unto the end of his life. I mean, the life of the mortal body. I say that this is the man who receiveth salvation, or this is the man who qualifies for the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, through the atonement which was prepared from the foundation of the world for all mankind, which ever were since the fall of Adam, who are, oh, who are, or who will be even unto the end of the world. And this is the means whereby salvation cometh. And there is none other salvation save this which has been spoken of. Neither are there any conditions whereby man can be saved except the conditions which I have told you. Now, I have heard many people um, who have started on the path of Christ. Um who start wandering down strange paths and are taught that there are beings, you know, for instance, ascended masters uh, of which Christ is only one of um, that will teach them the path of ascension. And this is a false a doctrine of the adversary to lead men and women off down strange paths. And there are also many women who Satan beguiles and whispers unto them that they really don't need Christ because they have Mary and they have mother. And thus Satan carefully uh, cheateth their souls down to hell. As they do not then exercise the belief and the trust and the faith in Jesus Christ that is required to both receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and enter into his rest. Verse 8. And this is the means whereby salvation cometh, and there is none other salvation save this which hath been spoken of. Neither are there any conditions whereby man or women can be saved, except the conditions which I have told you. Believe in God. Believe that he is, that he created all things, both in heaven and in earth. Believe that he has all wisdom and all power, both in heaven and in earth. Believe that man doth not comprehend all things, which the Lord can comprehend. And again, believe that ye must repent of your sins and forsake them and humble yourselves before God and ask in sincerity of heart that he would forgive you. And now if you believe all these things, see that ye do them. And again, I stand to you, as I have said before, that as ye have come to the knowledge of the glory of God, or if ye have known of his goodness and have tasted of his love, 
and have received a remission of your sins, which causes such exceedingly great joy in your souls. Even so I would that ye should remember and always retain in remembrance the greatness of God and your own nothingness. Again, refrain from the attitude of spiritual entitlement and pride. Your own nothingness and his goodness and long-suffering toward you, unworthy creatures, and humble yourselves even to the depths of humility, calling on the name of the Lord daily and standing steadfastly in the faith of that which is to come, which was spoken by the mouth of the angel. And behold, I say unto you that if ye do this, ye shall always rejoice and be filled with the love of God and always retain a remission of your sins. And ye shall grow in the knowledge and the glory of him that created you or in the knowledge of that which is just and true. So in other words, after you receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you continue in this path, you will be taught all things that ye should do to part the veil and ascend up to the seventh heaven and enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And upon you have him seal your calling and election and make it sure and thus become just and true. And this is how that knowledge comes to men and women. Now, verses 15 and 16. But you shall teach your children to walk in the ways of truth and soberness. So these are the fruits that are evident in those who have come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit. And these are some of the things that we must do both with our families and with our brothers and sisters with whom we interact also as part of this covenant. Wherefore, we've mainly been talking about the understanding that we must have of Christ and his plan and our responsibility to declare the doctrine of Christ once we receive it and what it means to come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit personally and submitting to the will of the Father. Now, these are some guidelines about how we should act with and interact with our brothers and sisters and our families. But you will teach them to walk in the ways of truth and soberness. You will teach them to love one another and to serve one another. And also ye yourselves will succor those that stand in need of your succor. And ye will administer of your substance unto him that standeth in need. And ye will not suffer that the beggar putteth up his petition to you in vain, and turn him out to perish. In verse 26. And now for the sake of these things which I have spoken unto you, that is for the sake of retaining a remission of your sins from day to day. So it is not enough to just reach the point of coming into a broken heart and contrite spirit, receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. But after that reception, then we must continue in the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might retain the remission of our sins from day to day. 
that we may walk guiltless before God. I would that you should impart of your substance to the poor, every man according to that which he hath, such as feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and visiting the sick and administering to their relief, both spiritually and temporally, according to their wants. Now notice that the words were not according to their needs, but according to their wants. And verse 30. But this much I can tell you, that if you do not watch yourselves and your thoughts and your words and your deeds and observe the commandments of God and continue in the faith of what ye have heard concerning the coming of our Lord, even unto the end of your lives ye must perish. And now, O man, remember and perish not. Now Mosiah 3, 22-24. And even at this time, when thou shalt have taught thy people the things which the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, even then are they found no more blameless in the sight of God, only according to the words which I have spoken unto thee. And now I have spoken the words which the Lord God hath commanded me. And thus saith the Lord, they shall stand as a bright testimony against this people. At the judgment day, wherefore they shall be judged every man according to his works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. So, once a man, a woman, or a people have received this greater light and knowledge, this understanding of the doctrine of Christ and the meaning of the new and everlasting covenant, they then become accountable before God for this knowledge. And if they be evil, or, and in this case, evil, means rejecting the further light and knowledge. And if they be evil, they are consigned to an awful view of their own guilt and abominations, which has caused them to shrink from the presence of the Lord into a state of misery and endless torment, from whence they can no more return. Therefore they have drunk damnation to their own souls. Therefore they have drunk out of that cup, of the wrath of God, which justice could do no more, which justice could no more deny unto them than it could deny that Adam should fall because of his partaking of the forbidden fruit. Therefore, mercy could have claim no more upon them forever. And their torment is as a lake of fire and brimstone, whose flames are unquenchable, and whose smoke ascendeth up forever and ever. And thus hath the Lord commanded me, Amen. And it was required that King Benjamin reveal to his people the consequence for rejecting the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, for rejecting the doctrine of Christ, for sinning against greater knowledge that they had been given, that his garments might be clean from their blood. And their sins. And so it is with us. As we have been awakened. 
and have the responsibility to declare the doctrine of Christ with love and compassion and boldness. So it is incumbent upon us to warn those that what the penalty is for rejecting the doctrine of Christ. And if we fail in our responsibility, then their blood and their sins are upon us. Messiah 4, verse 1. And now it came to pass that when King Benjamin had made an end of speaking the words which, he, which had been delivered unto him by the angel of the Lord, that he cast his eyes round about on the multitude. And behold, they had fallen to the earth, for the fear of the Lord had come upon them. Now, I've got a question. Uh, it's, it's a rhetorical question. But were King Benjamin's people expected to receive the words that he delivered to them because he was a man? Or because he was a man, um, were they expected to not receive his words and reject them? Because as is talked about in 2 Nephi 28, Verse 6, Behold, hearken ye unto my precept. Um, I meant verse 31. 2 Nephi 28, verse 31. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men. Is this what the people of King Benjamin were doing by hearkening unto his words and his counsel? Were they putting their trust in man or making flesh their arm or or hearkening unto the precepts of men? Um, They were not. And the reason that they were not is because the words which King Benjamin spoke unto them had been given them, been given him by an angel and also by the spirit, which ultimately came from God. And He spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, a man who speaks by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, whose words are given to him by God, whether it be by the Spirit or by an angel, and he speaks by that power and authority, those who hear those words are expected to receive the words which he shall declare. And this is not to put one's trust in man or maketh flesh or arm or hearkeneth unto the precepts of men because at the end of verse 31 in 2 Nephi 28, it says, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. So back in Mosiah chapter 4, the answer to that rhetorical question is no. The people were expected to receive the words of King Benjamin because they had been delivered to him by God, and he spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. Verse 2, at the end of verse 1, And behold, they had fallen to the earth, for the fear of the Lord had come upon them, and they had viewed themselves in their own carnal state, even less than the dust of the earth. And they all cried aloud with one voice, saying, Oh, have mercy, and apply the atoning blood of Christ, that we may receive forgiveness of our sins that our hearts may be purified. 
For we believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who created heaven and earth and all things who shall come down among the children of men. Now, these are the fruits that are manifest in the lives of men and women who have come unto a broken heart and contrite spirit. And it shall come to pass after they had spoken these words, the spirit of the Lord came down upon them and they were filled with joy, having received a remission of their sins, exactly as King Benjamin had been filled with joy when he received these things from an angel. And having peace of conscience because of the exceeding faith which they had had in Jesus Christ, who should come according to the words which King Benjamin had spoken unto them. So what is being described here is the baptism of fire that accompanies the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we're about to read about the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Mosiah chapter 5. And in Mosiah 4, 5, For behold, if the knowledge of the goodness of God at this time has awakened you to a sense of your nothingness and to your worthless and fallen states, again, you know, this is evidence that they have offered up their broken hearts and contrite spirits. Therefore, in Mosiah chapter 5, And now it came to pass, starting in verse 1, that when King Benjamin had thus spoken to his people and sent among them desiring to know of his people if they believed the words which he had spoken unto them, and again his people were expected to believe and to receive all of the words that he declared by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And they all cried with one voice saying, Yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. And also we know of their surety and truth because of the spirit of the Lord omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us or in our hearts. And we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. And as you enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, and as you receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and as you go forth, And you declare these same words, even the doctrine of Christ by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. So too will those who hear your words be expected by God to receive them with gladness and to enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that they also might receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And verse 3. And we ourselves also through the infinite goodness of God and the manifestations of his spirit have great views of that which is to come. And were it expedient, we could prophesy of all things. Or in other words, as Nephi says in 2 Nephi 31, they could speak with the tongue of angels or by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, which includes the gift of prophecy and revelation. Verse 4. And it is the faith which we have had on the things which our king has spoken. Because he spoke by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. That has brought us to this great knowledge. Whereby we do rejoice with such exceedingly great joy. And we are willing to enter into a covenant with our God to do his will. And to be obedient to his commandments in all things that he shall command us all the remainder of our days. This is part of the covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit. 
that we may not bring upon ourselves a never-ending torment, as has been spoken by the angel, that we may not drink out of the cup of the wrath of God. And now these are the words which King Benjamin desired of them. And therefore he said unto them, Ye have spoken the words that I desired, and the covenant which ye have made is a righteous covenant. And just as the people of King Benjamin entered into this covenant, so must we. And now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he hath spiritually begotten you, because Christ has been pleading their case with the Father, and he has received permission from the Father to adopt the people of King Benjamin as his sons and his daughters. And thus he extends his name to them that they might take it upon them, not just to be willing to take his name upon them, but now they actually have the power to take his name upon them since he extends it to them. And this is accomplished through the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which the people of King Benjamin are receiving at this time. And what is being described right now is the baptism of the Holy Ghost portion of this ordinance. For behold, this day he has spiritually begotten you. For ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore ye are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. And under this head ye are made free. And there is no other head whereby ye can be made free. There is no other name given whereby salvation cometh. Therefore, I would that ye should take upon you the name of Christ. All you that have entered into the covenant with God, that ye should be obedient unto the end of your lives. And it shall come to pass that whosoever doeth this shall be found at the right hand of God. For he shall know the name by which he is called. For he shall be called by the name of Christ. And now it shall come to pass that whosoever shall not take upon him the name of Christ must be called by some other name. Therefore he findeth himself on the left hand of God. And I would that ye should remember also that this is the name that I said should never. That I said I should give unto you that never should be blotted out except it be through transgression. Therefore take heed that ye do not transgress, that the name be not blotted out of your hearts. And I say unto you, I would that ye should remember to retain the name written always in your hearts, that ye are not found on the left hand of God, but that ye hear and know the voice by which ye shall be called, and also the name by which he shall call you. For how knoweth a man the master whom he has not served? And who is a stranger unto him? And is far from the thoughts and intents of his heart? And again, doth a man take an ass which belongeth to his neighbor and keep him? I say unto you, nay. He will not suffer him that he shall feed among his flocks, but will drive him away and cast him out. I say unto you that even so shall it be among you, if ye know not the name by which ye are called. Therefore, I would that ye should be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in good works, that Christ the Lord God omnipotent may seal you his. 
that you may be brought to heaven, that ye may have everlasting salvation and eternal life through the wisdom and power and justice and mercy of him who created all things in heaven and in earth, who is God above all. Amen. And to King Benjamin's testimony and to Moroni's testimony, I add my testimony that the doctrine of Christ, that this covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, of completely submitting our will to his will in all things and in subjecting ourselves to God as a child would in all things to his father is the only way we may become the sons and daughters of Christ. And that we live in a special time. And the time in which we live is a time when the heavens are open. Just like the heavens were opened at the time of King Benjamin. That angels are today conversing with men and women on the earth. That just as in King Benjamin's day, priest had authority to perform the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is upon the earth. And that through entering into the new covenant, we may receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that we may become Christ's people and prepared for his coming in the fullness of his glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.